Welcome yogis to the Follow the Yogi podcast. My name is Vicki Santana, a recovering people-pleasing, type A personality turned yogi. Each week you'll hear mind-blowing yoga concepts made easy to understand. You'll receive simple, actionable tips and at times, exercises to implement into your life. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of Follow the Yogi. For absolute relaxation, we must remain aware. This is Yoga Nidra, the state of dynamic sleep. Life has changed from ancient times. It's more convenient, but not always less stressful. We have a greater dispersion of human energy at all levels, and our minds have lost a point of balance. There's so many distractions on the daily. Medical science has put a stop to the great plagues, but we're now faced with an epidemic of stress-related disorders. Hypertension, migraines, asthma, digestive and skin diseases, depression, anxiety, insomnia, the list is endless. In my opinion, and it's only an opinion, the international problem is not war or poverty. Those are the results or symptoms of deeper issues. The global condition that leads to many of our symptoms is tension. When under tension, our behavior is influenced, and we re- when we relax, we become natural. When we are able to balance our tensions, we can control our anger, emotions, and passions. To relax, we need to do so on three levels, muscular, emotional, and mental. Muscular tension is related to the body itself and the nervous system and the endocrine imbalances. Muscular tension is activation of the body for productivity, locomotion, or surviving, like the diaphragm for breathing. Emotional tension is when we emote with our bodies. Sometimes you felt it as a pit in our stomach, a tightening of the chest, or clenching of jaw. It's normal to feel our emotions in the body. However, when they become chronic or stuck, and they're not expressed in a healthy fashion, they're repressed and the resulting tension becomes more deeply rooted. Mental tension is the result of excessive mental activity. The mind is a whirlpool of fantasies, confusions, and oscillations. Our life experience is registered by the consciousness and accumulated in the mental body. When we are sad, angry, or irritated, we often attribute the condition of the mind to some external cause, but the underlying cause behind man's abnormal behavior lies in the accumulated tensions on the mental plane. Now, we've been taught that relaxation is as simple as laying down, closing the eyes, and sleeping. Although the body is at rest, the mind is not. It's still busy at the subconscious level processing the days and life's events, traumas, and body functions. We're very active when we sleep, we're just not aware of it. But unless you're free of muscular, mental, and emotional tensions, we don't reach a profound state of relaxation. Despite a superficial sense of well-being, many of us find ourselves tense. It's become so second nature that it's the norm and actually challenging to see at times, much less to ease it when it's there. As a yoga teacher, I watch bodies in motion all the time. I can tell when someone is anxious, tense, apprehensive. 
It shows in the pattern of our breath, how often we may pick up the phone again to fill the space, as we listen to someone speaking and we're tapping our fingers and craft our response while they're speaking. All of us accumulate tensions, whether we sleep too much or not at all, we accumulate tensions. In yoga, we deal with the problems of tension with a wide periscope. We understand we may realize that when the mind is tense, we also feel the stomach being tense, or the breath changes, or the muscles tense up. And if the stomach is tense, the whole circulatory system is also tense. It's a vicious cycle of events. Therefore, in yoga, relaxation is one of the chief concerns. Now that we know what tension is, how can a consistent practice of yoga nidra help? Let's first understand what yoga nidra is. Yoga nidra is a systematic method of inducing complete physical, mental, and emotional relaxation. The term yoga nidra is derived from two Sanskrit words, yoga, meaning union, nidra, which means sleep. During the practice of yoga nidra, one appears to be asleep, but the consciousness is functioning at a deeper level of awareness. For this reason, yoga nidra is often referred to as psychic sleep or deep relaxation with inner awareness. In this threshold state between sleep and wakefulness, contact with the subconscious and unconscious dimensions occurs in yoga nidra. The state of relaxation is reached by turning inwards away from outer experiences. If the consciousness can be separated from external awareness and from sleep, it becomes very powerful and can be applied in many ways. For example, to develop a memory, increase knowledge and creativity, or transform one's nature. In the Raja Yoga of Patanjali, there is a state called Pratyahara, where the mind and mental awareness are disassociated from the sensory channels. Yoga Nidra is one aspect of Pratyahara which leads to the higher states of concentration and eventually Samadhi. In Yoga Nidra, we don't actually go to sleep, but instead teeter on the very edge of it. In fact, you'll hear me say, remember, no sleeping. As I guide students in Yoga Nidra, it is the state between wakefulness and dream. This state is where the mind and mental awareness are disassociated from sensory channels. Through this practice, we are relaxing, but we're also reconstructing and reforming our whole personality from within. We burn old patterns of behavior and begin new ones. When we have a thought, it's attached to a like, dislike, or bias. It's also linked to an emotion, and it's all orchestrated by the ego. Now, the ego's number one goal is to be in control and to survive. When we have a thought, it's attached to a like, dislike, or bias. It's also linked to an emotion, and it's all orchestrated by the ego. Now, the ego's number one goal is to be in control and also to survive. When we teeter in the state between waking and dreaming, these thoughts, emotions, or who we think we are are bypassed. We can see the habitual patterns that control our behavior more objectively. The clearer we see the issue, the more sound the solution will be. It's also important to note 
But it's very difficult to solve a problem or find a solution at the same level that the problem was created. In other words, many times we find ourselves trying to find answers and solutions to very deep questions that have nothing to do with this level of consciousness. In this level of consciousness, we're doing, we're executing old patterns of behavior, old automatic responses. To try to find a solution to a problem using this mind that has all of these filters at this level of consciousness will give us a solution, but a solution that's also guarded by the ego and through the exact same filters that created the problem that we're trying to find an answer to. Yoga Nidra is not about conscious effort. That's important. Instead, it's about conscious relaxation. Let's take an example. The moment you hear the word apple, its image instantly flashes through your mind. You don't need to put in effort to think whether it's small or big, red or green, fruit or an icon of a conglomerate company. The same happens during Yoga Nidra. You don't actually need to concentrate or focus when I say right leg or which side, nor do we need to physically move these body parts. We only need to take gently our attention to them while taking deep breaths. Now, an important component of Yoga Nidra is actually keeping our focus, our awareness on your teacher's voice and the commands. I like to say there's only two portals open, the one of hearing and the one of feeling. When we hear and only experience the feel, we're moving away from actually doing or creating any kind of result. And that leaves us open to the actual experience. In fact, when the mind is occupied, and in this case in Yoga Nidra, with your teacher's voice, it has something to obsess over. The mind is a thinking machine. It has got to have something to think about. So instead of it or us allowing it to be random, we train it to focus on the teacher's voice. And giving it something to obsess over leaves ourselves open to leave the world of senses behind us. And then once the mind is not experiencing the physical world, it has the opportunity to experience its own expansiveness. The mind is very receptive in this state. This is when we plant the seed of our resolution or sankalpa. A sankalpa is a short mental statement impressed on the subconscious mind when it is most receptive to auto-suggestion. When stated at the beginning of practice, it's like sowing a seed of change, and then at the end, it's like irrigating it. It's an important stage of yoga nidra and a powerful method of reshaping our personality and direction in life. If you know what you wish to achieve in life, your sankalpa can be the creator of your destiny. The sankalpa takes the form of a short mental statement which is impressed on the subconscious mind. We state the resolve at the beginning and at the end of practice. Now a few suggestions when you're creating your sankalpa. It needs to be short, stated in the present moment, with forward-moving suggestion. 
Another important thing is to resist the urge of saying don't, won't, can't, kinda, should've, in the future. You see, the mind understands this present moment. When we want to plant a seed, we want to plant it now. It doesn't understand negative words. Here's an example. There was a time where I would state a sankalpa as, I won't smoke. Now, what I'm actually saying is, I smoke. If we take out the negative, all we're left with actually a statement that's making the habit of smoking stronger. So instead of saying, I quit smoking or I won't smoke, I would recommend saying, I am smoke-free. That way you're stating it as an absolute situation that is already existing. The wonderful thing about the mind is it will believe what you tell it. And if we tell it often enough, it weakens an old habitual pattern because it's been replaced with a new one. Because yoga nidra brings about a state of sensory withdrawal, many people think it's a form of hypnosis. But the truth is that these two are totally different sciences. Although they start at the same place of relaxation and openness, yoga nidra proceeds in one direction and hypnosis in another. The state of mind achieved in yoga nidra is far beyond hypnosis. But when the mind is disassociated from the sensory knowledge, it does pass through a hypnotic state. However, if you can't disconnect the sensory channels and still maintain aware, we won't be able to transcend the barriers of our personality and go to any depth or height. This is why you'll hear me say often, as I'm guiding students through Yoga Nidra, remember, don't sleep. You see, sleep is the end of yoga. It's the death of it. When we are asleep, we are unconscious, even more unconscious than we're in when we are in our waking hours. Yoga Nidra is a profound level of relaxation, but hyper-awareness. Sleep is the complete opposite. Yoga Nidra can be utilized either by itself or in conjunction with other conventional forms of medical therapy. It has been found useful in both acute and chronic conditions, especially in degenerative and stress-related conditions such as hypertension, coronary disease, arthritis, diseases with a high psychosomatic component such as asthma, peptic ulcer, migraine headaches respond favorably to yoga nidra therapy. Yoga nidra is a successful therapy for both recent and long-standing psychological disturbances of all kinds especially high anxiety levels and neurotic behavior patterns. Not surprisingly, yoga nidra is a successful treatment for insomnia. Although, for most yoga nidra sessions, I remind you to not sleep. If we're using it specifically to help you sleep, you'll probably do it in bed at the time that it's time for us to go to sleep, and I'll instruct you to allow yourself to go into sleep. And it's a wonderful state because we're actually allowing ourselves to relax. We're not self-medicating ourselves with our iPads. We're not um, taking a pill and we're not laying in bed trying to make ourselves sleep. No, we're just allowing ourselves to be guided into a deeper level of relaxation. Our brain waves are experiencing nighttime. And it'll be just more natural and more profound sleep. 
than you may have experienced in a while. It's also used to alleviate chronic pain. My personal experience. I suffered from fibromyalgia, pain from arthritis, and just general malaise from having a super duper stressful life. It got so bad that I couldn't even get out of the couch. I was taking seven different medications to help me go to sleep, to manage my moods, uh, to alleviate pain. The list is endless. When I started doing yoga nidra, it was a game changer for me. I was no longer in pain all the time. I was able to actually live my life because when you have my fibromyalgia, what might seem as just a regular intense workout for someone, someone with fibromyalgia, however, it can actually be debilitating. It can keep us on the couch for days on end with this fog, with this pain, just lingering and really, um, changing our quality of life and not for the good. Here's my favorite thing about yoga nidra. It's an inside job. Gone are the days of forcing, sacrificing, or making stuff happen. You see, once the inside is restructured, the outside can't help but to follow suit. Another example, a lot of us struggle with weight loss at the very least with staying weight losted. I don't even think that's a phrase, but I think I've just made one. The reason is for a lot of us, we're doing the tasks that help reduce weight or even to build up our bodies, but we're not restructuring the mind. We find ourselves reducing calories, becoming more active, which are all absolute necessities in losing weight. Don't get me wrong. But if we're missing the variable of how we look at that, how we look at ourselves, and if we don't go through the effort and the exercising exercises of breaking the old patterns that got us there in the first place, it's only a matter of time before we find ourselves in the same situation that we were in before. So how does it all really work when we're in the session? We start laying on the floor in Shavasana. Palms facing up, feet and legs a comfortable distance apart. We move here and there to just find comfort in the body and remove any distractions. Then I'll guide you through a subtler 61-point relaxation exercise followed by an ascending breath. Then we work with spontaneous thinking, uh, bringing different temperatures into the body. There's imagery involved. Essentially what we're doing is I'm keeping you aware of the outside body and then we go into the deeper layer of the breath and then we go into deeper layer of images and color. We start leaving the outside world behind as we know it and as we interpret it. You see, yoga nidra is not when I'm guiding you. I'm guiding you to a deep level of relaxation and consciousness. Then when all is done, then there's the time when there's no more instruction and that's the time when there's total silence that we're relaxed enough so we can detach completely and actually enter into the state of yoga nidra. Now, you know by now my motto, learn yoga, do yoga, be yoga. Now you have a little bit of information of what yoga nidra is and is not, the process of it, things that it helps us 
work through. That's the learning. The next task is to actually do yoga. Now, you can find different yoga nidra sessions on Spotify, on YouTube. What I recommend is to find a voice that you find very relaxing, tranquil, and someone that's actually doing the complete yoga nidra, the traditional yoga nidra with no shortcuts. There's an actual system to this. It was created by Swami Sarasvati, and he discovered it after reading many of the tantric readings. It's important to be done or to be instructed and guided with a teacher that knows the process, understands the process, and keeps the integrity of the process. If you're interested, in the notes of this podcast, I'll leave a link to my website where I have some of those Yoga Nidra guided meditations available to you. I'm going to be adding a lot more to them, so stay tuned for more information. I hope this podcast was helpful. Yoga Nidra is not snake oil, but it definitely is an excellent addition to your yogic practice. If you're struggling with just learning to meditate on your own, I highly recommend it. Being guided by a teacher really helps us get into a deeper level of experience. Once you're able to experience, once you're able to prove to yourself that this state exists through the guidance of someone else, it might actually be a lot easier to do it yourself. And watch your meditation practice, your self-meditation practice evolve. Until next time, yogis, see you on the mat.